Hi! Hey, welcome to The Cordial Catholic, a podcast for non-Catholics, new Catholics, those looking to dig deeper into the Catholic faith. I'm K. Albert Little, an evangelical convert to Catholicism, and this podcast is based on one particular idea. It began for me when a Protestant pastor I was working for asked me the question, what's more important, the Bible or tradition? That question led me on to a deep dive into the history of my faith, why I believed what I believed, why I didn't believe other things that other Christians believed, and where all those kind of things came from. And that journey led me into looking into the Catholic Church in some seriousness, and for the first time, reading actual Catholic sources. And it was then that I realized that what I thought I knew about Catholics my entire life as an evangelical Christian was based in large part on misinformation and more often than not on simple misunderstandings. Well, this podcast serves to fill in that same gap, the gap between what you think Catholics believe and what we actually do. Each week, I have a real Catholic conversation with a real Catholic thinker from the heart of the Catholic Church. No misinformation here. And this week, I, it's an absolute doozy, friends. I am joined by the most requested guest on this show, the person that I've heard you guys ask for the most. That's Keith from Grassroot Catholic. He's a popular Instagram uh, guy, a YouTuber who does some fantastic work really bringing back or, or reminding us of some of these reverent features, these traditional features, these beautiful features of the Catholic faith that are often lost or put by the wayside sometimes. He brings these things back to the fore, reminds us of these beautiful parts of the faith, and that's our topic today on the show how to make the Catholic faith more reverent. If you're a new Catholic or a longtime Catholic who, who may have forgotten or, or is looking deeply into these things, well, here's some practical tips, some ideas, some discussion around how to be a, a reverent Catholic, how to make the Mass reverent, how to make the practice of the faith reverent, how to be a reverent Catholic. It's, I think, a fantastic conversation for those who are, who are new to the faith, looking at the faith from the outside or beginning to walk the Catholic faith, and looking for these pieces that, that really appeal to you, or those who have been steeped in the faith for a long time and maybe have forgotten some of these things that are, are beautiful, that you can reincorporate into your faith life. It is a fantastic conversation. I hope you'll love it. Long time request to have this guests on the show. And when two Catholic Keiths are in the same room, we know <laughs> great things happen. It's an amazing conversation, and I hope that you do indeed love it. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash cordialcatholic and our one-time donors at paypal.me slash cordialcatholic. And I have two people to thank in this regard. Thank you to Timothy for your generous support of the show, your one-time donation. That helps us think to keep on going and growing. And thank you to Anthony, who's increased their, your monthly pledge on Patreon. Thanks, guys, for your support of the show. It's not my full-time job. It takes, uh, this week I know, I know it, some big commitments to do this thing week after week. And so thank you for your support of the show that makes this possible to begin with. Please pray for me, pray for the show, pray for our listeners. And if you feel led to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash cordialcatholic or paypal.me slash cordialcatholic to support the show. Those links are also in the show notes for this show. So thank you. And now, without any further ado, my fantastic conversation with Keith from Grassroot Catholic. What a wonderful way to start 2023. It's a great conversation. You're going to love it. Please listen and enjoy.
Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are listening on podcast, thank you. Welcome back. Please make sure you subscribe to this uh, show. Follow the show on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating or review if you can. That helps to push the podcast out to more listeners and grow the, the thing that is this show and the mission and purpose behind this show is to, of course, reach more and more people for uh, for the Catholic Church, the faith uh, founded by Christ Jesus uh, and the Catholic Church. So please do that if you can. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you and welcome and hit that subscribe button and the bell and all those weird YouTube things that people do on YouTube. At least some comments. That's always fun to wait in there uh, most of the time. Sometimes it's terrifying, but uh, thanks for watching, guys. This episode, uh, providentially designed by by God himself, we're, we're hoping, uh, because this wasn't planned too far in advance. Uh, but I'm grateful to my guest this week, Keith from Grassroots Catholic, for joining me. Keith, you are, first of all, a fellow Catholic Keith, which this happens in the show occasionally. Keith Nestor also has been a guest in the show, and that <laughs> always causes space-time continuum collapses, which we enjoy on this show. But you are also, Keith, the most requested guest for this show. I've had just countless people no. write into me and say, you got to have Keith from Grassroots Catholic on your show. So, Keith, it is happening right now. This is it. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Uh, does it, it feel weird calling somebody else by the same name of like Keith? Like it feels weird when I say Keith to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, is that, is that yeah I can't say my own name very well. I find it it's hard to uh-huh. pronounce. I don't say it very often. And this, I, I already know the answer to this because this is predestined to be, I, I already know what you're going to say because every Keith I meet says the same thing. But Keith, how often are you called Kevin? Uh <laughs> <laughs> so it's so often like um, all the time all the time <laughs> you know n- not so much like my fr- obviously friends they, yeah, they kind of well, know, but they like, know your name. Your professionally <laughs> like people call me kevin i'm like yeah i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna yeah. sometimes i get a little sassy and yeah. i'm like keith, it's keith yeah it's keith yeah. and they're like Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> but most of the time, you just go with it, right? You, you just, yeah, I just go with it. I was called Kevin just this afternoon, meeting a new couple that I had met before. Oh, hey, uh, hey, Kevin. Oh, no, well, close enough. We have, we moved recently. I had new neighbors who he calls me Kev, which yeah. <laughs> I love. I, I, he's he's older, an older gentleman, so I figured that maybe I can just yeah. outlast him and maybe I don't have to ever correct him. He may, may just pass into eternal <laughs> glory and... Uh, at his funeral, I, I could I could mention to his wife, "Hey, actually, it, it, was, it was Keith all along." Find the guest. I actually worked for a colleague for a year at a, at a school where I worked, who called me Kevin the whole year, and I never knew my name. I worked there. I wow. left the following year, and I, I never. And the last day, last day of school was the goodbye party for for Keith. And there's a ba- you know there's a, ba- a banner on the wall. She just called me Kevin. I thought, okay, okay, okay. maybe I'll That's never. So I should just change my name, I guess, to Kevin. Uh, I-, I want you to. I didn't give you a long introduction other than this rambling uh, bit here, but I I, I want you to tell us a bit about what, what you do because. You are, I said, the most requested guest on this show. Everybody who who watches this show and listens to my show obviously loves you and wants you on on this show. So you are you are well known by many people. Uh, tell us a bit about what you do and how you started it, where it came from. Because, you're, gosh, Keith, you're a bit of a phenom. On is that a good thing? A phenom? You're a bit a of a phenom. you're a bit of a, a a thing on Instagram. Your stuff's amazing. I love it. It seems to be oh. everywhere. Everyone loves it. What did you? Where did it come from? What do you do? Tell us a bit more about grassroots. Catholic. Yeah, I mean, so the, the channel in itself is is meant to 
because I'm a millennial. Well, I'm a geriatric millennial. Um, and so it's kind of geared towards more of that group um, because I'm, well, it's just kind of the group that I'm uh, <laughs> relatable to. Um, but it's, it's meant for those that maybe have fallen away or maybe like me, uh, I didn't know much about my own Catholic faith and I only found out, you know, 10 years ago or so. And so, you know, just trying to like do, you know, share uh, faith aspects in a, in a quick humorous way um and not being kind of so uh how do i want to put it like strict or like fuddy-duddy like nobody wants to <laughs> nobody wants that so and i'm trying to do that and trying to get people you know like oh there can be someone who's catholic who's not you know who's who's more traditional but is you know yeah. you know you know kind of not mad trad right <laughs> um so it's kind of like that you know just trying to share vid- videos um uh, talking about tradition, rich Catholic tradition that maybe we didn't know about growing up. Yeah, I gotta say it's a it's an awesome. I'm all, we're probably the same age. I'm also a geriatric millennial. Nice. That's a great term. Nice. I don't know how to use reels on Instagram very well as you do. I aspire to your your greatness, but uh, obviously you've learned from the youngins a bit more than than I than I, than I have. But, well, see, that's the thing. Like, I I would look towards what like the secular world was doing with yeah, these yeah. like their own yeah. reels, and I was like, okay, how can I? I'm going to make this Catholic. So it's a very Catholic thing to take something that's very like secular and just awful and then try to sanctify it a bit. Uh, I try. Uh, Obviously I don't sanctify everything that I post, Um, but you know, it's, it is what it is. It is great though, because what you, what you're saying you're doing is exactly what, what you're doing. And I think for the audience of this show, I can see why there's overlap here, right? Because the audience for this show is a lot of people who are new Catholics or looking into the Catholic faith from other Christian denominations and looking at, at, at these Catholics and what they're finding. And that this is firsthand experience for me hearing people, not firsthand, but hearing from people who are on this journey, who are finding this, this camp of say, these angry traditionalist Catholics who are railing against what they see as a very secularized modern Catholic faith has lost its trappings and traditions. And they, they're often seeing this angry side of the internet on Catholic Twitter or different parts. Right. And, or they're seeing this kind of Catholic faith that's very watered down and very kind of like, you know, you know what, what, what drew them into the faith or, or piqued the curiosity was these traditional aspects, the smells, the bells, the reverent masses, these, these ancient pieces of the faith that date back to the very, very early church. But when they come to a Catholic mass, they come to to a Catholic parish. What they find are are, are guitars or tambourines or very watered down liturgy or very watered down homily or a homily that stretches for a very long time that has no substance whatsoever to it. Like, you know, they find this so so when I I can see why when they find a channel like yours on Instagram and see this guy who's youngish. And doing these these reels, doing them really well, drawing on on popular things and ideas and funny memes, but 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 also showing the love for the traditional aspects of the faith, the deep traditions of the Catholic faith, but not being crazy angry or or crazy guitar happy clappy. Like yeah. I, I, you know, what, what you're, I can see why what you're doing appeals to someone who's looking at the church and tr- and looking at and tr- trying to figure out is there a place for me in this church? They they find. You know, hopefully my show and hopefully y- yeah. your channel in in that middle ground of yeah you can actually be a, a Catholic who loves the traditions, not be totally crazy one way or right. the other, but actually just follow no. the catechism, follow the church, love love the faith. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, it's 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 tough because you know I I when I I was kind of a lackadaisical Catholic and kind of the the beginning I had you know strong foundation. Thank the Lord for my parents for doing that. Uh, you know, I went to Catholic school and you know how that ends up, uh, not generally good, uh, at least back in, you know, the, 
the late nineties and early two thousands. But, um, you know, once I found, like started discovering and, and actually asking questions in my twenties, that's when I kind of started getting to like the, the mad, like, why was this withheld from me? Why? And then I just got angry and then thankfully too, the pendulum swung back. And then I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of in the center where like, I don't need to be angry. I also don't need to be, you know, happy, clappy. Like you said, I need to be directly in the center facing towards Jesus uh, and, and really just be more involved in my Catholic faith and understanding of it. And that's the most important part. I don't, you know, anything else, I just need to focus on that, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's well said. Then there is that. And that, that's, I think, the core that's lost on people. So for me, I was evangelical since, say, grade 10, age 13 or so, mm-hmm. up into high school beyond. I, I ended up meeting an amazing, or working for an amazing evangelical kind of student church in university. Mm-hmm. And from there, I began asking questions about the Catholic faith and became Catholic in, in about 2015, I think it was, was my official okay. uh, team, team Tiber swim, swim team uh, <laughs> official jersey hanging up uh, back in the closet. And my wife the year after that. And, you know, for me, a lot of that experience of, of Catholics in, say, high school, in university, in those those formative, for me, years of uh, uh, faith were, were Catholics who didn't look very Catholic, right? Were Catholics <laughs> who, like you say, were, were raised in the Catholic school system, who... Who went to who went to church were brought up in the church had the sacraments, but for whatever reason kind of fell away or didn't really take it too seriously or or, or weren't like you said something was withheld from them they weren't they weren't catechized I don't know all the way or, or really understood their their faith, mm-hmm. and that's the example that so many people I think get when they are thinking about or have when they're thinking of Catholics, and so it isn't often like even a, a live option for somebody who's serious about following Christ to look into the Catholic faith because the Catholics that they know or they've seen. <laughs> Right? Are those are those are those kind of Catholics? So yeah. I mean, I wonder what for you was the catalyst to, to move kind of from that. Like maybe you were raised in this faith, you went to Catholic school, you had that foundation. It kind of uh, fizzled away. Maybe what 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 drew someone like that, like you, back into a more serious a more serious faith? Uh, yeah. So I so I guess a quick background. I, I went to Arizona State University. Enough said about that. Um, I graduated and I went, I, I moved to Chicago. I studied at Second City. I guess I should share. Like I, I got a degree in, in theater um, and, and that was kind of like the route I was going to. And, you know, I you know, passed down that line. I went, you know, I, I uh, what am I saying? I uh, had a talent agency and I would go to commercial auditions, TV auditions, but uh, that was a little bit further Um but I, I went with a group of individuals that I did sketch comedy with at Arizona State University uh, to Chicago to study at Second City. And there was, I guess the catalyst was, I, I, we lived like literally like five minutes away from a Catholic church. And I was like, wow, I've never been in walking distance before. This is kind of cool. And as time went on, I was getting very homesick. The only place that would alleviate that would be going to the church. Yeah. And so I started spending more time there um, getting involved. Uh, and it just, that, that kind of made me even more homesick cause I really wanted to go back home at that point. But I also found, had this newfound, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I need to figure this out. I need to go home. I need to like learn more about my faith. Like I have so many questions. And so it, that, that kind of like started the, uh, uh, the, uh, proverbial snowball from rolling. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. 
And a lot of your, I mean, the the mission I can see from the outside of your of your channel, from what I see, mm-hmm. is is sharing these traditional aspects of the faith, the be- beautiful things of the faith, in an accessible way that kind of makes sense. That that I don't know, I don't know what the, what the word is re-reveals them like you know you, know, you, you talk about mm. things that are, are, are lost often these practices that maybe yeah. are lost to Catholics right like the, the fasting on Fridays and different you know devotions or encouraging a good mm. confession these these kinds of aspects of the faith that I think are often lost and and aren't often uh, gosh taught sometimes in, yeah. in parishes anymore uh, what's important about those things I, I'm thinking of somebody again who's Looking at mm-hmm. the Catholic faith, who goes, okay, I love the idea. I've I've heard this guy in the show talk about confession and talk about the Eucharist and talk about, you know, how a mass can be beautiful and involve incense mm-hmm. and, and and bells and a beautiful liturgy. But I go to a Catholic parish and I can't find confession time because they don't ex- and I can't and I can't. I've never seen incense in my life in the Catholic parishes that I've that I've been to. What what have we got to do to <laughs> not restart these things in the parish? But what would you say about the, the importance of those things, uh, you know, somebody's looking at the faith and can't find those things. They, they do exist, right? There, there are places they can go to confession and, and have a good confession and, and, and find a good liturgy. Like these, these do exist out there, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they do exist. And it's, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to find uh, uh, depending on your diocese. But um, I, I think, and this is something that I've failed miserably at, uh, I can admit that, but the giving feedback to the pastor or the priests, bishops, because like oftentimes I've, I've been here where I see something I don't like at, you know, mass. And then I just like, you oh, this is awful. I'm never coming back here. How are they going to know that there's some, an, an issue with this, or maybe it's something that they could add to make this more beautifully reverent uh, or traditional. They'll never know. Cause I, I left. Um, so being vocal about it, like bringing it to their attention, even if by some chance they like brush it off, well, at least he gave it a shot. Um, so I, I, you know, and it's tough too, because especially with the incense people are, you know, I have breathing issues. I can't breathe when there's, it's like, yeah, I, I understand that. I've heard that and this is just random topic. I heard that there's organic incense that apparently doesn't cause any issues with like the, the cheap chemical version of the, and, and that's probably why there were issues, you know, hundreds of years ago, because that was all organic incense. <laughs> But um, yeah, nonetheless, I think it's just you have to, if you can't find it, bring it up to yeah. your pastor or your yeah. priest and, and see what you can do. Yeah. I take sympathy with those who can't breathe because I have asthma and it's quite bad sometimes. Yeah. But my, yeah. my, my most amazing mass ever, though, I got to say, was one, uh, one Lent. We had these Franciscan brothers come up for a parish mission and mm-hmm. they just... I mean, I think they were themselves just oozing incense. Like they, it was everywhere. Like you couldn't, you couldn't even see in the in the in the parish anywhere. And I had a bad cold and I couldn't breathe. I just I couldn't. I was coughing oh, no. and choking. But it was an amazing mass. It was so good. Despite not breathing, it was an amazing experience. Like it, it was just so reverent and so thoughtful. And even yeah. the homily was just like gosh and incense everywhere so i mean my my best mass ever uh, in terms of something that really impacted me at the core was this mm. terrible sm- smoky mass where i couldn't even breathe so i mean it just goes wow. to show it just goes to show that's yeah how do you so somebody who's looking for those kind of things looking for a good yeah. good confession looking to mm-hmm. revive those Catholic practices that they they think exist and then get into the faith and go oh no one does this like no one's fasting on a friday no one's going to confession anymore uh, a person that's 
looking at the faith like that, what do you, what would you say to begin to bring those things into, I mean, those things exist, right? You, you can be a mm-hmm. Catholic and do those things that we used to do in quotes, yeah. right? Like there are Catholics right. out there that are, that are doing those things still. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you have to, you have to be kind of the, the person to lead, uh, yeah. You have to lead uh, by example. And obviously there's some things that you you can't do because you're not a priest or the pastor at that particular parish. Um, but, you know, treating the mass itself as reverently as you can, um, you can control your own body and what you do with it. Um, and I mean that like by, uh, you know, how you're, how you're positioning yourself while you're standing. Like, are you putting your hands in your pockets? Are you just standing there like aimlessly or are you, are you engaged? If you're, you have your hands, you have a clasp or like that. Um, Cause that, that itself is so simple, like doing this or, or holding your hands like that. You don't do that anywhere else. Right. So it, it really kind of puts your, your mind in place and focus that in itself can help. Um, you know, I, I'm very much a proponent of receiving Holy Communion on the knees and on the tongue. I know some places, some parishes, they're a little bit iffy on that. Um, I, you know, I was, sometimes I just go ahead and do it, but other times I kind of see like if other people are doing this, am am I going to get like denied? I don't want to get denied. I want to make a big scene. I don't want to like cause any issues. Uh, So, um, you know, take baby steps obviously, but there's, there's many things that you can do to show reverence without having to like go to a priest or parish or you know whatever the case may be you have to lead by example yeah 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 there's a lot that you can do like and i and i experienced this in my own life when i began rcia the the class for new catholics at a random parish that's close to my house i've I've thought back then that all catholics were the same identical i figured okay the the priest you know the priests and then they must be the same everywhere like that's what i I imagined not realizing of course that that doesn't make any sense (laughs) Really, no, no. that all the parishes will be different, and so I ended up just around oh. a random parish close to my house that I didn't realize at the time was quite a sleepy kind of parish. It's mostly elderly people. There were no family, no programs at all for anybody. There were no, hmm. no, no kids, anything. They had, they had no kids in the in, in the parish. It turns out, but I did RCA there, and I went in gun, you know, gung ho, like okay, I'm gonna do all these things. I'm like you know, daily rosary, fasting, hardcore on oh, Fridays, yeah. like all these, you know, the daily office, all these things I was going to go in doing. And I get there and I remember my heart was broken when the the sister who was running the program, we had our first experience of adoration, right? Mm. And of course, for listeners that don't know what that is, it's like, you know, you, you're, you know, the blessed sacrament, we believe is Jesus there on the altar is exposed and, and you go and you're kneeling before Jesus, like you're in the, in the real presence of, of Christ in, in the Eucharist there. And I was excited for that. You know, I was so thrilled. And we were talking about it, kind of, kind of doing a, a preview of what we were going to do when we go in, and I said, "Oh, sis," because she went through the the spiel and, and didn't, and it was pretty basic. And I said, "Well, oh, sister, you didn't mention that when we go in with supposed to kneel on both on both knees, not just genuflect on one knee because Christ is present on the altar." And I said, "Right, that's what we what we do, right?" Now I'm like, I, I thought it was really cool because I knew this and I thought this is great. And she goes, "Oh, no, 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 no. We used to do that. We don't do that anymore. We we just just go in and just sit." And I kind of, and I kind of went, oh, (laughs) you know what? I and I knew we'd actually do still do that. That didn't stop at 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 any point. But the goes what you were saying that that we can, even if people around us might be doing whatever they want to do, and that's maybe not our business to even worry about most of the time. But we can still do those reverent things that we know 
you know, God wants us to do, right? I can still kneel on two knees like I'm supposed to do, even if nobody else around me is doing that, right? We can make, we can do those practices even if people have seemed to be abandoning them, right? Yeah, I mean, you have it right there. You know, if you're going to be going, like like you said, going to adoration and you're on both your knees, people are going to follow along with you. They're going to see that and they're like, oh yeah, that's right, I got to do this. Um, Even if they, you know, haven't done it before or they used to years ago they'll be like oh yeah uh and the same kind of goes for for mass i remember uh, at a parish uh no one would kneel during the consecration like no, everyone was standing i'm like what this this is weird yeah. so i would kneel uh and i'd get a few people following along like I, I could see people like like oh yeah like kneeling um so it's just you have to yeah, unfortunately you have to sometimes stand out and and I, I don't like standing out in mass like that that was uncomfortable for me having to like kneel down and then like a couple times uh going to this parish it was like noted please continue standing and then I didn't I <laughs> it was so awkward but I'm like I'm, I'm gonna kneel during the like I'm this this is yeah. come on this is yeah. this is Jesus I'm I'm gonna venerate the king of the universe I'm sorry I'm not gonna stand yeah and I know in, in eastern catholic churches standing is the the way to do it but we're, we're in the western church so I'm gonna follow that tradition <laughs> I don't know and you're a Keith so you're like naturally just a, a kind and like genial guy you're not like trying to trying to anger anyone or, or be just a a, a, a jerk, which I love about this, right? I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> Some, my, my wife has to remind me sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry. It's true. I know this is the cordial Catholic. My wife rolls her eyes. When, when <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, I, I, you tell a good line, honestly, like this is not like, because you can, even with the idea of say communion on the tongue, right. Versus in the hand, this again yeah. is one of those things that draws people to the Catholic faith, I think. And, and people that, yeah. that, that, that see the reverence that Catholics hold for the Eucharist, for, mm. for the mass, for our Lord in, in the Eucharist and the sacraments, right. That is appealing. And then, then they get to the par- a parish and they realize that, especially in this, well, especially during COVID and kind of post weird COVID time, that, that we're in, because still up here in Canada, in parts of Canada, there's still some kind of, there's, I don't know, there's strange guidelines that are not that are not clear sometimes, diocese mm. to diocese, yeah. how it's supposed to work, right? For a while it was, the priest can give you on the tongue if you're last in line at the end, or you can wait, or you can, it's it, it's complicated still. Yeah. In some dioceses, uh, from mm. state to state and province to province, I think is still a bit complicated. But I mean, even before that, the person who is drawn into the faith because there's a reverence, say, for the Eucharist, and then gets to a parish and goes to receive the tongue and is either denied for some strange reason, and that happens, right? And yeah. the priest goes, no, no, stand up, stand up. You, you, hear, those, you hear those horror stories, right? <laughs> or, 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 or no one else in, in the whole building is doing that, right? And they go, oh, well, I can't do that. that that'd be really weird to try and, and, and stand out and do that, right? But the reaction, I like that you're not... This is your reaction. Isn't to go crazy like traditional and, and burn the place down, right? Or, <laughs> right? It's there, there's a there's a line like there's a yeah. so, right. I, and I think that's sensible. Does that make sense? Is that am, yeah, am I no? Because I I feel so, that yeah. I feel that way. In my own, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that burns the place down if I can't receive the tongue. But right, I, I think <laughs> I think that that's a healthy place to be. I think. Yeah, I mean, so I've I've lived those horror stories. I've been denied many times on my knees and on my tongue. Um, and then like, I was like, at first I was like, yes, I, 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 it makes me feel like I'm, you know, that's the word, like I'm doing this, I mean, I Christ and I don't know how to word it, but then after a while, I'm like, 
am I doing this? Am I, am I wanting to get denied because this, this, like I'm doing this for, like, it felt almost like a prideful thing. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm, if I go to any mass that I'm, I've never been to before, I'm going to wait and see. And if by some chance it looks like, or they say something about not receiving on the tongue, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to stay seated. Like I, I don't, it's just a pride thing i think at one point for me like i'm i if i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna go up there and i'm gonna receive on my my tongue and if they don't do it i'm just gonna kneel here and i'm gonna wait till they give it to me like (laughs) i'm not gonna i don't even create a scene like come on so i had to like come to terms with that with myself like i'd rather be at mass like fulfill my sunday obligation if i aren't able to uh receive holy communion then i'm not yeah like yeah, I don't know. That, that's I think a thoughtful position, right? That makes that makes perfect sense, yeah. right? Ver, versus I, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's an awkward yeah. place to be in, right? And I, ideally, yeah. like I mean, I don't. Yeah, the reason to deny someone that it makes I, I don't understand why that happens. We can speculate about about yeah. the reasons why I don't. Right, that that shouldn't be the case, right? Yeah, and and I and I, but I think. What you do, what I hope to do with, with this show, and people who are especially new converts to the faith, they desire that. They desire that reverence for the Eucharist, yeah. right? So, I I think the position of not, not burning things down, but continuing to when you can, re, re, you know, say receive that way and yeah. treat that appropriately, that that will hopefully push more priests, more pastors towards realizing that that this right. is what we should be doing all, all along. You know what yeah. I mean? That's and again, that's that's a thing. If if the world around you is not being a, if, if good Catholics, if the church is not being the good Catholic church that it should be, we can still be good Catholics and revere, mm-hmm. you know, our Lord in the Eucharist to the degree that we want to. Right? That's 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 legitimate in the church to do. Right? We can still do that when maybe those around us aren't aren't doing that. Right? Yeah. I think that's a, a healthy position to, to to try and aspire to. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I agree, hundred percent. So you you have a this is this is great uh, because I think this is something that's not talked about enough, hmm. um, and it's the beauty of the, uh, another one of those things that's beautiful in the faith is is confession and having a good hmm. confession going to confession. Why aren't there more places to have <laughs> do confession? Like why do I have to make an appointment? I think I, whenever you you pop my timeline, I feel like I'm always like yes 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 Keith like more more of this. Because confession is one of those gifts that the church gives yes. us that, gosh, I, I can't think of the number of converts I've had in this show who that's that's been the thing that draws them in. Time and again, that's a thing mm. that draws people into the church to be able to, to go to confession, to hear a priest speaking in, in place of Christ, the words that Christ put on their lips that come right from Scripture, that they're forgiven. Like It's beautiful. But yeah. then you go to you go to your your parish to try and go to confession, and it's like, it's half an hour before ha- this. I don't get. Okay, half an hour yeah. after mass sometimes. Which, okay, so you, <laughs> I don't understand that. Half an hour before sometimes, or by appointment only, which is like I understand Keith that that we have maybe a priest shortage. I don't know if that's that's true or not, but there maybe there's a priest shortage and not, not enough priests. I've heard I've heard different comments on that. But I'm not really sure how, where that stands. At least here where I am. There are, there are yeah. not very many priests. Okay, we'll we'll say that's fair. I understand it's hard to find priests to hear confessions all the time. This should be a thing that's more accessible, though, <laughs> I think, for, for Catholics, right? And new Catholics want that so badly, right? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's, we? I don't know. It, that's a, yeah. 
I think it, it all, all this stems, I think with, from a, a lack of communication from the laity. Um, I think if we were more verbal about what we want, um, that's silly. Cause it's a sacrament. Like <laughs> why are we not offering, why are we literally offering a sacrament by, uh, appointment only? Like, do you like it's like do you honestly think that uh, someone who hasn't been to confession in 20 years is going to want to set an appointment a one-on-one with father to go spew out all the things that they've been doing for the last 20 years like no we want to do that in a confessional booth where we can't see the priest and the priest can't see us like that nominity helps so much um especially if you've been away from the church and you understand you have to do this and like it's just it's so off-putting to have to go into setting an appointment. So it, it's a bother, but I think it's come down to communication and, and letting the the pastor, the priests, maybe in the bishop, like, hey, why aren't there more times for confession? And why is it 15 minutes long <laughs> like, uh, on a Saturday afternoon where I, I don't necessarily want to spend my Saturday afternoon in confession. I want to do it during the weekday or at night, uh, you know, after work. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the biggest challenge for people that I, in, in my age demographic these days, is finding time to, to go with a young family. Okay, so we'll go, we'll go to mass. You know, we'll go to an early morning mass half an hour earlier. Like that's not going to happen, right? Or we'll stay afterwards. That's not going to happen. Or I'll like I'll go on a Wednesday before Wednesday evening mass. That's not going to happen. Like there's right. So you find yourself. I find myself trying to bump into a priest I can randomly in the street. Are you a priest? Are you a priest? Are you a priest? Are you a priest? <laughs> my confession but i don't i don't get keith the aftermath confession times i don't that because, makes no so sense you, to me so i can go to mass i i can't receive this i can't receive anything because i mean i need to go to confession first but i got to go to mass to go to confession afterwards it's kind of like well can i like can i take the eucharist and put it in my pocket and then like after confession then i can like, I can, like, like yeah, no you no gonna... you can't but, but it's, it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird timing i think i don't know i don't understand that I don't either. That that makes that makes no sense to me. Like, why just do it? Why not just do it before mass? Like, fifteen minutes. Okay, whatever before mass. Whatever thirty yeah. minutes. Okay, whatever. That's way too short. But at least offer before. Give the people an opportunity that may be driving f- from far to have the sacrament so they can receive holy communion. Not after. Like like you said that. that so I'm going to go ahead and commit mortal sin on top of my mortal sin and then confess it and we'll be good. Right. Like how does that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Does it? Um, but it's funny you mentioned that like, you know, you, you have, you're bringing your family uh, because it's, you know, just me and my daughter on Saturdays. Um, Cause my, my wife works on Saturdays, but um I take my daughter in with the confessional to, and with me. Cause like, I'm not, obviously not going to leave her out there. So I bring her in and uh, it's hilarious because sometimes I don't, I, sometimes I don't mention that I have a two year old with me. And so like, <laughs> she like starts making some sounds and I feel like I have to preface. So like, uh, that's my daughter. Sorry. That's, that's, not, that's not me. Like just the shuffling and just the shuffling. I'm like, that's not me. I'm, I'm not yeah. a, uh, not a crazy person, please. That's when uh, Father assumes that you're you're possessed by a demon manifesting <laughs> multiple multiple uh, voices. And I was wondering why they pray five rosaries. That was that's a weird. I never get that many. The holy water starts splashing over the. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, and I've you know what I've I've been there. I've been there with a, one of our. I think our son was two when I did the exact same thing, 
And yeah. and I think I was nervous. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to bring him in. I was kind of like, well, can I bring him in? Like it's supposed to be a thing that he, he can't mm. he can't hear. And the person before me actually went in with a stroller. Like she wheeled the whole uh. stroller into the. We had a we had a <laughs> you know a reconciliation room. The whole room that had like then a oh, little wow. a little side partition where you could go behind the screen. So she just rolled the stroller right in there and then went behind the screen. And I'm like, okay, she's good. I'm, I'm going in afterwards. It's perfect. Father's prime to hear to hear multiple uh, you know parent child. Uh, yes reconciliations although as like time goes on you have to like word things that you're not going to have them repeat things (laughs) and you're going to have to like yeah the uh that seventh commandment that eighth commandment's uh, been pretty tough with for me uh trying to like figure out words that you know obviously it's not going to give away too much information but enough information (laughs) so so that the priest understands what you're confessing it's a lot of wordplay but um that's fantastic what do you think? What do you think about? I mean, we're on that topic on on families, like young kids at at mass, right? I don't know if you have a lot of opinions on that, but that's again something that I've heard. I don't know. I've heard horror stories. We've had it pretty good. It's, it, it seems like so far, but I've heard horror stories of the looks you get as young a young family sometimes, or the the kind of sly little things might be said by different people. I've heard mm-hmm. stories of, of a, you know, the, the priest in the homily or, or something, or from you know during mass from the front mention, "Hey, kids, quiet down." Mm-hmm. Which again, like, gosh, it's, it's scary, but it happens, right? We've, our rule of thumb, which I learned early on from, I don't know who this came from, but somebody said to me, just sit at the front, take your kids and sit at the very, very front. Mm-hmm. They can see, they can hear, and you can't see anybody else behind you. If they're giving you looks, if they're shaking their heads, you, who cares? You, you can't see them. And we've always done that. And the kids are various levels of engagement, but at least they can see and hear a lot better. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're right up there. So mm. you can't see anybody else behind us, Keith. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it's a challenge. Um, cause we've, we've gotten dirty looks. We've gotten someone that actually came up to us. Uh, and this is not, I'm not just saying any particular, it's, these is kind of a, a wide range of parishes yeah, we've been yeah. to. And it's like, like, like this is the future of the church. I'm so sorry. I'm inconveniencing the the church's future. Okay, <laughs> like the mass isn't about you. It's not about me, right? So it's just I sometimes I have to like remember like some maybe this person has something go something's going on in their life that's, that's causing them to like be annoyed by the sounds of my child and take it out on 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 me or or my wife. Uh, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been challenging, but I think you're right on, on having them sit closer, uh, to, to the front. We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't, we're, we're so like where we're at in, in our parish, there's like a couple, couple sections in the back meant for younger families who are having kids that maybe don't belong up in, in you know, the cry room or the training room, but also we're not ready to go. Cause we, we sat like kind of in the, the front middle and it was just, uh, it was awful <laughs> having to like bring our, like walk, do the, the walk of shame down like the aisle and just, everyone's just kind of like, you're trying not to make eye contact and you're just like walking like four or five times back out. And yeah, so it's tough. It's a challenge, but it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And again, I think the theme for me here is you just, you commit to it, right? You do. If yeah. if you, other people are, are telling you off or giving you looks, but you commit to it, right? You as a family, yeah. you as a, a, a new Catholic, you commit to those things and you can do those things and it's possible. Yeah. It's possible to find, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't think, I don't know, there, there are, there are schools of thought, right? But if you're in a parish that mm-hmm. there are no families 
or there mm-hmm. are all you get are dirty looks or you <laughs> feel constantly like you don't belong there because there's you can leave right i, I don't know how you feel about that i i, I would be okay I'm like leaving the mass or yeah. leaving the parish? Leaving the parish, right? I don't know. <laughs> Bye, guys. You give me a dirty look. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. But uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not the kind of like, you know, I think it's a family. We started off at our territorial parish where we yeah. were the closest parish to our house. But this sure. is the parish where I, I began my, my journey as a Catholic, right? And there were literally no families in that church. There were no, mm. there was a, there, the closest they had to a program for kids that would engage kids in any kind of level uh, Bingo! Uh, right? Well, no, it, you know it was, it was called adult <laughs> childminders, and what uh, it was was like older folks who would like hold a baby during mass. Which, like I, cool. Wait, hold on, what? I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. So you giving a, your child to somebody else to hold? I think so. That's what. The- <laughs> <laughs> but that was the kind of the closest thing they had to engaging engaging kids in any or, or families in any kind of real thing, right? Hmm. And I guess we could have stayed and started a Bible study or started like a a, a family group or a catechism group or something, right? Mm. But but we were new Catholics looking for a place to plug in, and so we ended yeah. up driving twenty minutes to to a parish that had things going on, had a had, yeah. had a midweek children's programs, you know, in the uh, um, catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which was an amazing program that the, the kids mm. loved had awesome you know groups going and men's group and a group for like for moms and like stuff happening right apart from just sunday morning mass which is important but there was no community around around that at the, no. the first parish so we didn't feel bad leaving and going to somewhere else and and we've moved wow. you know, we've moved cities now and we are going to our closest parish but it happens to be the parish that has stuff going on and that that's awesome right but i don't know i i wouldn't if you're a new Catholic who's just started out and landed a parish and you go, there's nothing here. The, the, the mass is, is not very reverent. <laughs> there's no confession times for appointment. There's nothing going on to engage my family in, in, yeah. in parish life. How, how do you feel about going somewhere else? Like what's your, what's your school of thought? Uh, well, I'm technically a parishioner at like 15 different <laughs> parishes today. So I have no issue okay. with leaving. <laughs> Uh, I still get the envelopes and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta call the parish office to let them know we're not parishioners there anymore. And I just forget. And so we continue. It's just like, I am so rich in envelopes today. You have no idea. <laughs> um, no, just, so yeah, if another thing too, which I think has been a blessing with COVID has been the ability to pre-screen parishes now, Yeah. obviously with the bulletins, uh, you can check bulletins and, and you get an idea of how, um, I guess, busy things are there. How many different types of uh, uh, activities, uh, groups uh, that you can get yourself involved with. Uh, Also confession. You can also make sure that, oh yes, there's many confession times here. So more often than not, that's going to be a good parish. Um, I mean, you can just look at the bulletin and see that and and probably make your decision, but you can go online, YouTube and watch uh, the mass. He said, I don't know how much anymore. A lot of them are kind of now no longer live streaming the masses, but those are just a few ways you can kind of go or kind of pre-screen. So that way you're not like becoming parishioners. And then you're realizing this was a mistake and then church hopping, going to another parish, doing the same thing. And then like making all of these like, at some time you have to like settle down and, and find your home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the homework always for me was reverence in the mass and reverence for, for the Eucharist. Right. So I, so for, for me, I was looking for a parish that, that had 
lots of mass times, lots of mm-hmm. confession times, right? Yeah. For that sacrament being important. And then yeah. adoration times, like, you know, oh, is, yes. is adoration available at that parish, right? Because mm. some parishes never, right? Some parishes, no confession, no adoration. There's, there's mass, but right. Th- those for me, maybe that, maybe that's, that's indications of a busy priest who doesn't have time for that or, 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 or an ill staffed parish. But for me, those are indications of a parish that has, you know, a heart for the church, right? Adoration, confession, and, you know, when you go yeah. to Mass, it's, or, or watch the, or pre, you know, I love that, preview the Mass on live stream. It's, it's a reverent Mass where the priest is doing things right. We'll talk about that in a minute maybe. But, mm-hmm. but you know, following yeah. the rubrics, actually celebrating the Mass according to how mm-hmm. the church wa- wants him to, right? Those for me are always the hallmark for a parish that, okay, I'm going to see more of that parish. But you're right too, checking out the bulletins, right? And seeing what's going on in that parish, seeing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there groups, are there, is there a community there? Yeah. Or is it just a, a kind of a drive-by church where they offer mass and that's kind of it, right? There's nothing else to engage families. And more and more for us, and more and more for people that I hear getting in touch with me for this this, this show, people on email or, or whatever, or, or social media, reaching out with questions about becoming Catholic who, who listen to this show, it's young families who want to get plugged into something as fast yeah. as they can, right? They don't want to be moving their kids all around. You know, I, I, I have emails from people who are, okay, I'm... I'm 20 years in the evangelical church. My family were, were uprooting to become Catholic. They don't want to spend a year bouncing around to different churches trying to find one where they can, as a family, fit in, right? So I think your tips are fantastic in that respect. Right? Uh, yeah, and, and one pro tip here is if you see a single word art image, run. <laughs> like that, no, I'm just kidding. Um, That's true. That's I don't crazy. understand why people continue to put word art, uh, you know, Microsoft word art is just, yeah. they're, they're never pretty to look at. Anyways. Yeah. You know, it's just, you got to feel it out. Um, and I, I, I give props to so many converts today because at least for me, like I, you know, I grew up in it. like, I know now there's some differences that I can kind of know the difference between, right. I, I can go to another parish but if you're brand new, like kind of, you mentioned yourself, like you're like, oh, this is different than other parishes. Like no other parishes do that. So it's just, it's, it's, I, I give a lot of props to them because it's gotta be jarring. Like you're going through all of this process, this learning of this rich tradition of faith. And then you go to a parish that doesn't really uphold any of that. And you're like, what, where am I? Uh, what is this? What did I sign up for? Uh, my parents hate me now. Uh, and I'm going to this now. So it's just, I, I give, uh, I have so much respect for converts, so much respect and a little slight, slight jealousy. <laughs> For, for them being more on fire than, than I ever was in, as a young adult. So Well, there is a thing about discovering the faith, right? That, uh, you know, yeah. that, that is with, with new eyes. It's like, wow, mm. oh my gosh, right? That I hope yeah. is a zeal that then, you know, spills over to those people who are raised that way. Yeah. They didn't realize what, what they had, weren't, weren't yeah. shown what they had all along, right? But what you said there is, I think it's interesting about your, your parents hate you. Because, yeah, that's, that's the case so many times, right? And so mm. what, what happens in my experience is, okay, so you become Catholic and you're excited about this cool thing and you then you go to have your first child baptized, right? And you mm. invite your family. And the last thing on earth you want is to have your family come to, you know, your, your non-Catholic Christian family who are steeped in the Bible, who know, their, who know the scripture well, who love mm-hmm. the Lord, who've prayed their whole lives, who've raised you or your wife, evangelical, and now you're both Catholic, and they're like, what's going on? The last thing you want is to bring them to the Catholic church and them see like a hokey pokey liturgy or something, right? Like that's, that's, 
that's just the most painful experience, I think. Uh, I think, and you'd love this. I should just, I should, I can't afford to fly guests anywhere, but I should fly us both out to this parish where in my hometown, when I occasionally uh, am at home visiting my parents and have to go, yeah. to, we have to go to mass as a family on a weekend for there. And we end up at this, at this parish, it happened a few times. Gosh, I don't know. This, this it's literally just a, is the epitome of all things wrong with, <laughs> with the liturgy. I, I actually, I, you know, I, I saw a water gun fight actually at that parish. It was, it was a baptism and it ended up being a water gun fight. And I'm like, yep, it's just the, yeah, it's just ridiculous liturgy sometimes, right? And you wonder, first of all, why? Why, why is this happening to, to begin with? But then the horror show of having your, having your non-Catholic family there to see something that is just everything that's wrong with, with, with the, the way the liturgy is done sometimes, right? Yeah. You kind of go, oh, I'd rather them not see this than see this. Rather than have their ideas yeah. of what the Catholic faith looks like in their head than come to an yes. actual mass that's just done so terribly and, and see this. Right? Yeah, how are, like, how are we supposed to evangelize yeah. non-Catholics when we bring them to that? They're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I that's been a struggle for, for my wife and I, we, you know, we want to bring some of the friends that maybe we have that aren't Catholic. We want them to, you know, obviously come on board. Um, but when I'm embarrassed to have, like, I would, I would be embarrassed if I have that feeling, I'd be embarrassed for them to come and see what is happening when, you know, the, the mega church down the street can do a, you know, a, a better version of the song that they're trying to play. Like, it's just, uh, it's tough. Uh, but then when you do find a great parish that does take everything seriously, this is something I want everyone to see. I want people to see that. I want people to experience uh, this, this holy mass and experience adoration um, because I think that that's what is going to change someone's heart uh, is going to those things that are being taken seriously. Of, so. Yeah. yeah, And doing this properly is just following what the church tells you to do. Right? I mean, I have a good, I have a, a, a priest friend who's a, a new recently ordained priest who says, yeah. I just, I just read the general instruction for the missile. I, I, you know, I just, I, I just do the mass. Like it says to do in, in the book, I follow the guidelines yeah. the church gives me and that makes the mass reverent almost automatically. Right. It's a matter yeah. of just following the guidance the church gives you and not ad-libbing, not, not taking away, not adding anything, right? That I think yeah. makes a reverent mass. Am I wrong? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, and I don't know why priests do ad-lib. I don't know why they change, try to change things. I don't know if they're bored. I don't know if they just, it's a pure uh, misunderstanding of what they're doing. I, I have no idea why they do that, but it's like, there's a recipe Right. There's a recipe for the most amazing, uh, I don't know, like like meal. Right. And you follow the instructions and it's going to end up perfectly. But if you decide to like throw in something that doesn't work with it, like it's not going to taste right. It's not going to it's going to be a ruined uh, meal, basically. So I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what it, it, it at least from from my brain to understand, like, why we should keep to what was given to us by the church. Like why we don't need to add that. We don't need to change anything. We shouldn't, we can't, um, at least not without the proper channels. Right. And that, even that takes time. Um, so yeah, like just, just read what you've been given. Just do it. Like you don't need to add anything. We're not going to be bored if you do the rubrics, but you start adding things. It's going to get boring because they're usually contemporary and they go out of style. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I think the the worst thing is, I mean, for for a new Catholic who expects the mass to be a certain way to to get there, mm-hmm. and realize, yeah. oh, the singing is like we're trying to be. I mean, the, the funny thing is because my wife and I were both evangelical for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. she was raised, you know, Baptist. So yeah. we're singing sometimes songs that are from, you know, oh, this is popular in like in the, the sure. 90s when I was in the Baptist church. We used to sing yeah. this, this song. And we're singing it now in 2022, 2023 in, in a Catholic parish mm. because they're trying to be modern, which the modern right. is 30 years out of date now, right? But it's when you have this rich tradition of Gregorian chant or these rich mm. hymns or these this, this rich singing tradition that mm. that is far more rich than trying to be modern by pulling these things out of the 90s kind of Baptist hymn book kind of thing, right? And the worst thing I think is as a new Catholic going to a parish like that and going, oh, this is like, this is what the singing's like? <laughs> and again, the, the singing is, the singing, if you, are a, if you are a Baptist, the singing is different than its purpose in the mass. Like, right, when we yeah. were, when we were evangelicals, we, what we would call worship, the worship part of a Sunday morning service was singing, mm. was singing worship songs, right? That's what we called worship. Yeah. Now we, right. as Catholics, that's not worship. We do worship, that's a kind of worship, but we worship differently right. in the mass than, than just singing those songs, right? So the, sure. pur- the purpose of the songs is different, but it's still, you're still taking part of the mass that could be reverent and could be really holy and uplifting and draw you deeper into the mystery of the Eucharist. And you're, you're drawing the nineties Baptist hymn book out to sing these songs that are off key and, and just kind of sound terrible. That's, that's too bad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is like, I've heard some, some contemporary, contemporary music, meaning that, you know, it's, it's relatively new. Uh, you know, I've heard it in Madison, you know what? Okay. That, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, ultimately it comes down to how the Eucharist is being treated. Um, so if, if there, you know, liturgical music or the, the, the director of the liturgical music wants to do something more contemporary and it's, it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, I just want to be able to receive, you know, on my knees and on my tongue, if I can do that, okay, whatever. Um, and if it's a reverent mass, okay. And it's just the music, fine, whatever. I don't, I don't have an issue with music unless it's from the sixties and I cannot stand it. I know I don't want folk music. Um, you know, it's just that that's when it becomes weight. It takes it, it takes you out of the mass. Cause it's like, what am I doing here? You know, but yeah. that's my long story rant, uh, on liturgical music there, but yeah. But I think there's, I mean, I, and I think you and hopefully me and the and people that are gathering mm-hmm. around these kind of platforms, these kinds of shows, maybe people our age named Keith, I don't know. <laughs> there, there seems to be this, this movement to rediscover these things that the church has lost. Like, you know, my yeah. original guest for today, before you gra- graciously offered to fill in to do this thing, and this worked out so well because you are mm-hmm. the most aggressive guest on this show. So I'm glad <laughs> you could bring it. Not to inflate your ego. Anymore. Stop. But, I'm yeah, already yeah, struggling yeah. with pride. Yeah, Come on, man. I know. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to cause you to stumble. That's, that's important for me. But, but you know, my original guest w- was a, a lovely uh, Irish Catholic priest who's written a book about, about liturgies and about kind of what happened after Vatican mm. II, how liturgy mm. shifted, mm. what happened with bringing in the extraordinary form, and Pope Benedict uh, mm. brought this in, how to kind of you know, merge these two, right? Because the intention was, right, uh, Pope Benedict's intention was to allow for 
the extraordinary form mass to inform the you know the the ordinary form of the mass to make that mm-hmm. more reverent. Like these things are supposed to, at some point, converge a little bit and. And we're, we're we're supposed to have gotten a beautiful mass in this new this new mass yeah. that came out of Vatican II. It 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 didn't happen. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about guitar masses and about not a lot of reverence in the mass sometimes and priests ad libbing. And I think there is this movement. I hope of people you know named named Keith who are Catholic drawing out these traditional aspects, these things we've lost, saying, hey, you know, we, we, we can bring these things back. You can receive on the tongue, kneeling down mm. and respect the, the Eucharist and have reverence in the Mass. You can, you know, bring back a Gordian chant and sing parts of the Mass, and that can be beautiful. And you can, you know, follow the rubrics of the Mass as, a, as, the, as the priest and have a really holy, reverent Mass. I think there is this movement afoot, I think, to... to hopefully restore this or, or kind of push back against kind of the, the, the unfortunate collateral damage was happened to the mass following kind of some of the, the, the Vatican two innovations that happened that were never intended to happen. Right? Mm. I think there's a movement back towards more reverence in the mass. Am I wrong in viewing that? Like, is, am I, do you no. Think I'm- no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's a, it's attractive. Um, way more attractive than what we see a lot of. And we see a lot more families at these types of reverent parishes and, and, and even like Eastern Catholic parishes are blooming because they're, they're like, they feel they're basically refugees from some of these parishes and and they, they're getting what they should be getting from the the Western, right? So it's, it's, it's it's a bummer that, you know, they they feel like they have to go, um, in order to receive, you know, the, the proper reverence of the mass, but it's also a beautiful thing because both rites are, are starting to bloom more because people are gravitating to, uh, the way mass is, is said. So I think we're going to, re- we definitely will see, I think we're going to see a lot of parish, a lot of parishes close. I think that, and that's obviously unfortunate, but I think it's a lot of parishes that like the old uh, people parish that you went to initially in there. Uh, that's a rude way of saying that. That's I could have just said man. that a whole better way. I'm not very cordial, Keith. I'm the not so cordial, Keith. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of those shut down, but I think the ones that like a lot of like where your family is going, where we're going is, is going to be flourishing. Um, so it was kind of like the, the whole smaller church thing that, that yeah, Pope Benedict yeah. mentioned. Um, and it's going to be stronger, way stronger than it ever was. Um, and it's going to bloom again. So I, I, you just have to have hope that things are going to get better. I think things will get better once millennials are going to take charge of the church, millennial men, um, for, I, can you imagine a millennial Pope or Gen Z Pope? I don't, I can't think of that right it now. It scares me a bit, but I think you're probably right. But like you think about it, it all starts, all starts in our domestic church. If we start building up our domestic church today, it's going to improve the church tomorrow. Um, as cliche as that sounds, but um, so there's, there's hope. But you're there's right. You're right. You're right, Keith. Of course. And that's again back to the I'm what? Right. Yeah, of course you're right. You just call your name Keith. <laughs> I'm Keith. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right, Kev. It goes back again to the idea that I, that I think feels to me like a theme here, right? That it begins with you and your family. It begins mm. at home, right? Yeah. Whatever the the parish is doing, whatever the diocese is doing, whatever is going on in in the larger church that that you might disagree with or find not reverent or. You know, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, and sometimes you can be wrong. You can feel like, oh, this priest isn't doing things right, and maybe you're, you're the line. Maybe the priest is 
doing okay. You got to be less prideful, right? and yeah. I get that. I'm I'm a very prideful Keith as well. As well. So <laughs> I got to check my own my own self, right? But whatever the world is doing, you can still be that Catholic family and and raise and practice at that domestic church at home. Like you know, it begins yeah. there. Be reverent at home. Teach your kids about the mass. So when they go to mass, even if it doesn't seem like they don't see a reverent mass happening, right? Or they, or they see right. weird things happening and people who are doing strange things, they know what we believe as Catholics, right? Yep. Again, that, that's, I think, how you, how you make these things right. How you, don't, how you not try and not be a terrible Catholic or be a better Catholic, it begins despite what's going on sometimes, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what would you say, I want to ask you one more question in, in, yeah. in, in closing here. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of that that Catholic who is or the person who's become Catholic. They're, they're a new Catholic, and they're realizing that or finding that doesn't seem like people are taking the faith as seriously as they they hoped that they they would. They watched you on on Instagram. They they saw this guy with a cool thick beard. Really, it's a nice beard, by the way. Thanks. I, I was gonna make a Jamaican joke, but your, you know, yours is darker and thicker. His is longer. I don't know who who wins the beard game because I, I, I bet if you grew it long like Jamaican, you'd probably. Oh, it, I can't it, touch the Aiken beard. That, be a that's majestic it'd, it'd in be, its own. It'd be a, it'd be a toss up. I'll just oh, <laughs> that way in the beard wars. But somebody who who is you know that that person has become Catholic because they they saw or they they perceived as this reverent church, this high regard for the Eucharist, Jesus and the Eucharist, the sacraments. And they get to, a, they get to parish after parish of, of what doesn't seem like it's, it's what the church they thought or hoped, hoped it was, or they encounter something that, that pushes them away from the church, they encounter a, a, a bad priest or a bad experience. Is the advice just keep going? Like keep, keep looking. What would you say to a person who's reaching out to say, Hey, I love this faith, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not experiencing it. It I'm I'm finding terrible Catholics and terrible priests and terrible parishes. I'm giving up. Like Yeah, that's it's tough because I I feel like I had that type of journey where I felt like there was there was no parish that really took the the mass seriously and that it was it's like, well, is there, is there nothing down here? Like, come on, like what, what's happening? And, and, you know, I, I do, I don't mind at all. And I, I, I don't bash the new mass. Uh, I'm not going to bash the new mass, but after going to a traditional Latin mass, like I, that's just, I don't think there's any other, there was no other alternative to that by just going to a traditional Latin mass parish. Um, there were no reverent new masses that we, we could go to that, you know, there was some, there wasn't something wrong. Like, uh, so it's just keep searching. If it means going to a traditional Latin mass parish, check it out. Maybe check out an Eastern Catholic parish. Uh, Byzantine is one of those. Those are also good, uh, really tight knit communities that everyone's on the same page theologically, which I think is very important too, to have everybody, kind of on the same page on what we all believe in. Um, so just don't, don't necessarily give up because like you can't control the situation here and you can control what you do. So whether that means, uh, you know, checking out more, uh, I don't, wanna, don't spend more time on social media, but like engaging <laughs> yourself and like reading about the saints. Uh, those are always inspiring, especially in times where you feel like you, you I don't want to say persecution, but you know, your, your things are not going the way you want it to. Um, so yeah, just, just keep, 
keep reading, keep, keep listening about the faith, keep learning. There's never a time where you're going to be like, yeah, well, I know everything about Catholicism, so I'm good. There's always something to learn about it. So never stop learning. And then if, it, if that absolutely means you need to move somewhere, then you obviously need to pray on it. Um, and, and that might be the, the next choice, finding uh, an area where there's um, some parishes that do take the mass seriously. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, it, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Keith. Not yeah. because, not least because you're, you're called Keith and it's always nice to talk to the fellow Keith. And uh, enjoy saying my own name a bunch of times to somebody else, <laughs> and to and to relate to somebody who's called Kevin. That's, that's uh, yeah. It feels you know it feels nice to have this little social this little kind of therapy I session. Know. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's not just me. It's somebody else. I no, I also we can you know share share war stories about how people call us the wrong names. We can. We can. Uh, grass root. I, I was saying grassroots Catholic. Was grassroot Catholic? Right. I'm saying. Been saying it wrong. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like you know you get called Kevin. I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst. So instead of calling you Kevin, I said your Instagram name wrong. It's okay. It's okay. You know don't what? They already know where you are. They've already, they're already watching your, your channel, so they don't even need to find you. They, they already know. They already and it's, know. A, it's a letter that's pretty far into the name, so they'll type yeah. out grassroots and it'll probably pop okay. up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anywhere else you want to send people to 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 find your stuff? Uh, I would say YouTube. Um, I'm, I'm branching out on more long form videos. Oh um, yeah, I, I kind of started that in the beginning, but then I realized there's a lot more work involved. And so I, I went to Instagram because it was less work. <laughs> um, but I, I want to actually focus now on, on YouTube and, and try to not put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'll put those links in the show notes. People already know what they are. So they, they who, who, who am I kidding? They, they already know who you are. You're, you're Unless you call me grassroots cow. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, thanks for being here. I want to say God bless yeah. you, the work you're doing for the church. Uh, it's phenomenal. And uh, and thank you. you. Glad to please the audience with finally getting the most requested guests on the show. So guys, here you go. Stop bothering me. Uh, <laughs> and, and thank you. Thanks so much, Keith, for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Likewise, Keith. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to The Cordial Catholic week after week. Hopefully you enjoyed that show. If you're a new listener, thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to this show. Follow it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Please do follow us. Leave a rating or review if you can on that platform. That helps to push the podcast out to new people, and that really is the mission and mandate of this whole thing to begin with. So thank you and welcome. Welcome to you, new listener. TheCordialCatholic.com is our website for show notes and for blogs and those kinds of things that we are doing. If you want to contact me, I'm on social media on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Cordial Catholic. We're The Cordial Catholic on Facebook. And you can watch what you're hearing at YouTube.com slash The Cordial Catholic. If you want to reach out via email, uh, cordialcatholic at gmail.com is how you can do that. Let me know who you are, where you're listening from, why you're listening, any questions, any comments. Those things are really valuable and helpful, and I love hearing from you guys week after week. I get back to those emails as soon as humanly possible, which sometimes takes some time, but I do read and write, read and write back to all those emails as soon as I can. So thanks for reaching out. 
If you feel led to support this show financially, head over to patreon.com slash cordialcatholic or paypal.me slash cordialcatholic for a one-time donation. Patrons have some perks. Uh, those are on Patreon, so check those out if you are interested in uh, being a patron of the show and receiving some perks as a way of saying thank you for your support of the show. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you again next week. Uh, pray for me. I'm praying for you. Take care. Thanks for listening, and God bless. This show is brought to you in a special way by our co-producer patrons over at patreon.com slash cordialcathy. A special thanks to Ellie and Tom, Kelvin and Susan, Stephen, Suzanne and Victor, Phil, Noah, Nicole, Michelle, Jordan, John, James, Gina, and Aram for your special support at the co-producer tier and making this thing possible. You guys are fantastic. God bless and thanks for your support.